Hey everyone, my name is Beth, and I just have to say I am so proud to be part of this local church family, to be a Prairie Heider, to be part of Prairie Heights. Because over the last few weeks, we have been loving and serving people really well. And we've been praying together. We have been collecting food items and essential items for people. We've had a blood drive. We've been sharing our resources. You got to hear a story earlier from Stephen about how people are just meeting each other's needs through our local church. And so thank you, Pray Hiders. Thank you for being the church. Thank you for being used by God in this season. Thank you for putting faith in front of fear for putting peace in front of anxiety. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't have any fear, that we don't have any anxiety, because those are just real things right now. But I, I imagine that as you and I are growing closer to Christ in this season, that the faith is going to overweigh the fear, and the peace is going to overweigh the anxiety. And so I know for me, over the last few weeks, there's been a scripture in the book of Philippians that has just been really helpful to me that I've, I've read many times that I've prayed over and I've just let it kind of really sit in me. And so I want to share that with you. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul writes this book from prison, and he's talking about anxiety, and he means don't have anxiety about where you're going to get your next meal or where you're going to live or kind of like the worldly things. And so in times like right now, it is so reassuring for me to hear these words from Paul, to hear, do not be anxious about anything, no matter what's going on around you. Don't be anxious about it. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so what can we do with that? Like, what should we do with that? <laughs> I've got a few spiritual ways we can, we can process that. And I've got a couple practical ways we can also deal with that anxiety. And so if you are someone that has high anxiety right now for whatever reason, uh, I would just invite you to write that down. If there are things that are just going on in your head over and over again, just write it down on a list. And then I would invite you to just put your hand over that. Put your hand over that, close your eyes for a second, and just pray. Pray to God and what I think you could do in that moment is you can say, God, will you please take all of this anxiety? Will you take all of these things that I'm worried about? Will you cover the people that I love? Will you protect them? Will you take all of that? And what Paul is telling us in this scripture is when we release that anxiety to God and we, we give it all to him, that in return, God's going to give us peace. And it's a peace that doesn't quite make sense because it, it's hard to say, how are we going to have peace in a circumstance like this? But it's possible with God. And so um, what would it look like if you and I, if we decided to give our anxiety over to God and pray through that? And so Paul says, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, that's what's going to guard your heart. That's what's going to guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And so it's in times like this where people are facing layoffs. And I do have a friend who called me about a week ago and said, 
I'm probably going to lose my job. And I have another friend I talked to last night, and he had to lay off 250 people. And so, like, there is real anxiety that's happening right now, and that's just real. And there are people that I love that are in the most vulnerable uh, demographic that if they get this virus, it could be very serious. And so I personally have anxiety at times. And when I do that, I just want to stop and pause when I'm feeling that and just say, God, will you please take that anxiety? And as I have done that, and as I've read this specific scripture in Philippians, God has released that anxiety from me, um, whether in the moment or just seconds afterwards. And I just, in my spirit, I've heard God say, like, I've got this, and I've got you, and I'm going to guard your heart, and I'm going to guard your mind, because that's what I've promised to do. And that doesn't mean that our world's going to be fixed, or all the things that I'm even anxious about are going to be solved. It just means that there's a deep sense of peace that God has given me and that he can give you in this season. And for me, it, it sounds kind of funny, but it feels like me snuggling up in a warm blanket on the couch. It just is really comforting to know that I have that right now from God. And so spiritually, my soul is filled with hope and anticipation And it's filled with excitement because I believe that right now when all of the security of this world is a huge question mark for you and I, there's only one true security that we can find in this life. And that's our security in our walk with God. That Jesus is our only security. And that's why Mike Hull last week, he gave a fantastic message about God receiving you and I just as we are with our mess and with our failures and all the things that God receives you and I just as we are. And at the end of the message, Mike invited people to say yes to Christ, to be in relationship with Jesus. And he did that because we believe that right now, more than ever, more than ever, people need to know Jesus. We want people to have something secure in their life. And we know that security is not going to come from our job. Security is not going to come from our bank account. Security can only come from our walk with God. And to know that no matter what's going on around us, that we can trust that there is a God who can give us peace. And we can know that God is for us and that God receives us just as we are. And so we've been in a series called The God I Wish You Knew. And we chose this series back in January, and we had no idea that we would be in a global pandemic right now in this time. But it's so fitting, right? It's so fitting that right now we're talking about the God that we, the God that we wish we knew. Because for some of us, I know I can relate with this, and maybe some of you, you haven't been to church in a very long time or ever, or based on your life experience in the past, We all have a tendency to see God differently, to kind of picture what he's like. And I think that there are people who believe that they see God as an angry God, or they see God as an absent God. They see God as a passive God or an irrelevant God. And I know there have been days in my life where I've seen God as an irrelevant God. That, you know what, like, what's the purpose in me getting closer to God? Christ. Like I always believed in God, but I didn't really have a reason to connect with God regularly. Um, And in this series, we've been unpacking who God really is, what his true character 
is and how much he loves each and every one of us, no matter what. And so today I'm going to unpack the God I wish you knew is a God who has a plan and a purpose for your life. My husband, Kyle, has a saying around our house, and he says often, we are on the no plan plan. And what that means for us is many weekends we're on the no plan plan, and that simply means that we don't have a plan. (laughs) That at any moment, we will just do what we want to do, or if we're invited to do something, we will say yes or no to that, and we will just do whatever we want without having a plan. And that means that some days are kind of boring, But other days have been filled with adventure that we had no idea we would enter into at the start of that day. So it's fair to say that these last few weeks for all of us has felt a lot like the no plan plan. That internally and inside we all desire to have a plan. um, But we're all just trying to figure this out in this no plan plan kind of scenario. Our daily plans, our meeting schedules have all been changed For many of us, family vacations have been changed. Our kids' schedules have changed and their activities. Some of that change has been really disruptive, almost like annoying. (laughs) And other changes have been really meaningful. But the point is, we often desire to have a plan. And it's hard. It is so hard to stick to the no plan plan. It's just really hard to stick to the no plan plan. And so let's dive into scripture and let's read from the book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom where we can gain some, gain some wisdom. And so let's read from Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in a person's heart. You and I, we have many plans. Many plans. <laughs> many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails That piece of wisdom, like I said, comes from Proverbs, and it leads me to ask not questions like, how did God make this happen? Or how are we going to make it through? No, for me, actually, it's quite the opposite. That poses questions like, or puts in me, how does God want to use this new plan for his purposes? How does he want to use what's happening around us for his purposes? So what is God's purpose for our life? And how is he using that in this current circumstance? See, God wired you and I for relationship. He created us to be in relationship with him and to be in relationship with each other. And so to be in relationship with people, that means that we've got to be around each other. We've got to hang out together, spend time together, communicate together. And if you're anything like my family, we've been spending more time together, all of us. And it's been great. And some days it's hard. And some days you want to lock different people in different rooms so you could just have a minute. Um, That's just real. But it's also been really beautiful. Like in this season, I've been connecting with my son Ian in some new ways. He's five and Uh, At his school, he's been learning how to read. And so now he's like really an incredible young new reader. And I'm loving it when he reads me books. It's so fun to see that in him. And we've also been trying to work out together and find new ways to connect. And so we run our basement stairs together. We do lunges and sit-ups. And the other night we took a run around the block. We both came back into the house and my husband Kyle looked at us both and we had pretty angry faces, each of us. And he said, oh, how, how was the run? 
And Ian pipes up right away. It was bad. And I nodded in agreement. It was bad. Like he didn't want to run and I wanted to run and he wanted to walk. And then he was sitting on the sidewalk and it was just bad. But the point is like in my relationship with my son, we're just kind of figuring it out. We're figuring it out what we like to do together, what we don't like to do together. And it's okay to learn more about each other as we spend more time together. And so for you, how can you grow closer to God in relationship? And how can you grow closer to the people that you're living with? For some of you, you're living with a roommate. For some, it's your spouse. For some of you, you got kids. For some of you, you are living alone. And so how can you use that opportunity? Zoom is a thing right now. Like get on FaceTime or Zoom. And how can you build relationship and learn more about the people around you? in this season. That's a way that God can use this plan for his purposes because his purpose is to draw us closer in relationship. And there are many other purposes that God has for us. He wants to free us from the love of money. You know, he doesn't want us to grasp onto money like this. He wants to free us, like unhandcuff us from the love of money. And we are being forced right now into scenarios where we cannot rely on money. We just can't. (laughs) That if our full love and hope and trust is in money, we're going to be miserable every day. Our mood is going to be like the stock market. (laughs) Some days we're going to be happy and the next day we're going to be really sad and angry. And uh, I'm not saying that it's not a real thing, because it is. It's a real thing that we, we had a, um, maybe, maybe you had a financial plan, a plan, and that's being disrupted right now, and you're uncertain, and you don't know. That's real. We're going to have questions about that. Um, but during a time like this, we are being disrupted in that. And I, I wonder, and I think that God is asking us to consider, what do you love more? Do you love God more than money? Do you love people more than money? And I think it's a time that you and I can just simply like let go of the, the heaviness of money that it can bring. I don't know how else to say that, I guess. But like I think we can let go of the burden of money for a second in a time where it feels like we need to hang on tighter. And we just need to recognize for just a second like money is just a tool. It's simply a resource that God gave us. And so in this time, how could God use that resource that he's given you? How could he use that to help you love people more or help you love God more or help you to be generous, to shift your focus from money to people? This Sunday on April 5th, was originally planned to be a baptism Sunday at Prairie Heights. And uh, here's what I know. God is going to use this Sunday in a different way than we had planned, yet his purposes will prevail. So I'd like to share a story from a Prairie Heider who was going to get baptized today. Her name is Megan, and let me share her story with you. She says, Growing up Catholic created a lot of complexity in the role of God within my family. My family struggled knowing Christ personally, and God was really only a Sunday thing. In my own life, I thought church was something I could do later, like it was something for old people. 
my oxygen small group leaders were awesome in teaching me who Jesus really is. One night I was complaining about who knows what to Anna, and she asked, Megan, have you accepted Jesus into your life yet? That question threw me off, and the answer at the time was no. I wrestled with the decision for a couple weeks, and November 7th, 2018, at Oxygen, I prayed with Anna and said yes to Christ. The next day, it was like a light bulb was turned on. Everything literally looked brighter. Next semester, I'll be moving to a new school, 16 hours away from Fargo. I never thought I'd have the courage to move away from home. But God in his faithfulness has shown me over and over again how incredible following him is. I wouldn't be able to have that confidence without my oxygen leaders, support from my church family, and the work that the Holy Spirit is doing throughout Prairie Heights. I love what God is doing in her life. Megan has hung out with our staff. She's been an intern. um, And through this process, she is being called into ministry. And so she's going to school to be a pastor. And so I can't wait for the day that we publicly get to celebrate her decision to follow Christ through baptism. It's going to be an incredible day. And I just want to say maybe, just maybe, that during this disruption in our plans, that it's causing you and I to focus on what's really important. What God intended from the beginning to draw us closer to Jesus, to draw us closer to each other without any distraction. And as you and I navigate this new plan and we figure out what God's purpose is for our life and how he wants to use us inside this new plan. I wonder if we couldn't love and serve people just the way that Anna did. That Anna connected with Megan as her, as her leader and as her friend. And she helped Megan, number one, connect with Christ. Say, hey, do you know Christ? Have you accepted him in your life? And then number two, she spent time with her to help her find the purpose that God had for her life. And so how can you and I, in this new plan, How can we help the people around us? How can we be a beacon of hope and light? How can we live with such peace that we can get from God? That we can release our anxiety and get that peace from God. And that you and I in this season, we can help the people around us fulfill God's purpose for their life. And we can help connect them with Christ. And so that's what I want to offer to all of us right now is that you and I, in this next week, that we would help more people connect with Christ and we would help them to fulfill the purpose that he has for them. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for who you are, God. Thank you for the ways that you are bringing us peace in a time of anxiety. And thank you, God, that you are using this plan to fulfill your purpose, that the local church was created as a people, that God, as people draw close to you, that church family becomes the local church that then goes out and is being sent out to help others connect with you. And so God, I pray in this season that we are hands wide open for how you want to use us to fulfill your purposes. Thank you, God, for who you are and who you are to us. We pray all this in your name. Amen.